This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, y'all, it's me, Ashley Nicole of Getting My Cheese Back on My Cracker Foundation. And tonight we're going to be talking about something that's really interesting to me. From the time I was a child, the women in my life were always doing so many things. I also was doing so many things, even as a child. It's expected that we do all of the things and we do them well. Black women in America often feel pressured to act like superwomen to cope with the stress of uh, life, racism, discrimination, sexism, all of the isms um, on a daily basis, which can also have health implications. When doing some research on this topic, I actually read a study that says some stereotypes of women, and then it dispelled all of those stereotypes to explain why Black women are superwomen. So basically, we have to be extra everything to not be seen as stereotypical. I decided that I wanted to chat with these lovely women that I have on the show tonight, who I've witnessed being superwomen today. So let's meet our guests. Hey y'all. Hey. Hey. Um, can I get y'all to introduce yourselves if whoever wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go ahead and jump in. So I'm Danino Garrett, and um I 
was a strong black woman, but I'm not going to um, buy into that any longer, um, which, you know, we'll talk about in the conversation. So I guess maybe a reform, retired, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but I'm giving that up, right? I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving that up, you know, being the strong person um, in scenarios. And so a little bit about me is that I am passionate about elevating the voices of women of color in conversation, supporting women of color, Black women in particular. So when I saw this opportunity, I definitely wanted to be a part of it and support you, Ashley. And so I'm glad to be here on this platform with you and Victoria. Thank you. Okay, well, I'll guess I'll go. Uh, my name is Victoria Hart. So uh, about me, I'm a native Houstonian. I was just talking to Ashley about uh, my homecoming coming up. So a graduate of the Texas Southern University, uh, major in English. And uh, I guess I'm going to give up that myth of uh, being a strong Black woman as well. I think we all need to make sure that we are... Uh, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing in the community and uh, in our professional lives and our personal lives. But when we need the help, we need to be able to say that, hey, we need the help and, uh, and lean on the, the, the network of family and friends that we have. So I'm saying I'm no longer saying I'm a strong black woman, just like Deneen as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I definitely agree. And I'm glad that we at least starting on that foot because there's this is going to be a conversation to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, so researchers found that when faced with levels of um, you know, different issues, black women seem to um protect everything except for themselves to um to like cope, right? So have you? Let's just start with. Have you heard prior to me asking you to be on this show of? Black women being referred to as superwomen, and what are your thoughts regarding this idea? Demir, I'll let you go first. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, all all the time, uh, probably every day uh, on social media, you're seeing something about uh, being a strong black woman. Today, I posted this event on LinkedIn today, and you know, I asked the question, "Hey." Uh, are you a strong black woman? Do you know a strong black woman? And the people that responded to black women, they were like, yeah, I'm a strong black woman. And they were so emphatic about it. And I was like, bless your heart. Right. And I was like, well, make sure you take care of you because that's Mm -hmm. where I'm at. Right. Every Sunday also on LinkedIn, I'm pushing like self-care for any and everybody. Take care of yourselves because we don't, you know what I'm saying? And you know, we don't because everybody's talking about Mm self-care. If self-care was something that we just automatically did and was just norm, People wouldn't talk about it as much, right? We wouldn't push it. We wouldn't have hashtag self-care and whatnot because we are we would automatically do it and we're not. And I think from 2020, from the murder of George Floyd, the, uh, during COVID is when I really started people standing up to like say, wait a minute, you know, uh, I come first and I'm going to take care of me first. And so I'm going to take that cape off you know, um, and go ahead and get what it is that I want and I need for myself. But we're doing, you know, we're doing what they tell you to do on a plane, putting the mask on first. We're starting to do that now. Hmm. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I think when I think of a super black woman, I think of a woman, well, past 
in the past, I've always thought of women who have their hands in everything or who's trying to take care of everything. Um, and oftentimes they're at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to you know, being taken care of. And so just like Janine said, like, we got to put ourselves first. I, and I, I agree with you, Janine. I feel like in 2020, you saw a surge of, of, of mental health being that, um, are starting to normalize that conversation um, and what it means to be mentally whole and, 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 and mental wellness. And then now you've seen a surge of, of, of therapists, you know, having wait times to get people because people understand now that we have to have these conversations and we have to be able to, to say like, Hey, look, I'm not okay. Let me talk to someone and be able to figure things out as opposed to taking on everything as what we've seen the normalized of the super black woman do, um, taking everything and not taking care of ourselves. So I don't, I don't ever see it as now as a, um, as a badge of honor, because I think oftentimes we're just, we're taking on everything and not thinking of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what, and along with that, other people, you're strong, so you got this. You know what I'm saying? So they don't ever come to us and say, hey, how you doing? What do you need? Because we're always giving this facade often, right? Because we're human and, and we feel, but we're walking around like, oh no, I got this. I'm doing it. And so nobody is like, well, what you need? Because you got this. And I'll right. give you this example of where I, I didn't even understand what was going on. So it was it was several years ago. I had a person who was on my team and he asked, he took a day off. Um, he had a wife and kids. So he took the day off to be at home because a service person was coming to the house. So I don't know what they were coming for. It didn't really matter, but somebody was coming. Let's just say a repair person. So I'm like, your wife can't take care of that? You know, and that's because we do it ourselves. We just take care of things. You know, we, you know, we're there to greet that person. And it hit me afterwards. No, he's doing what a man is supposed to do or a husband is supposed to do or a partner is supposed to do like be the head of the household if that's who and what you are and that was kind of like foreign to me <laughs> or, or or if it's a situation where or if it's a situation where you shy away from um from receiving help if someone says hey can I help you and you're like uh no because you're just not used to yep. people actually reaching out to help you because you think that you have it all together yep. so it's it's also like shying away from that too yeah. And so my, my example with that is Sunday. So I said, mentally, I'm going to do this. So I was on the, um, on the elevator and you need a key card to, to push the floor. And I didn't have mine handy. And so the person behind me, a, a guy was like reaching for his. Now I, I had it at this point. Right. But I said, no, let me let him <laughs> help me. I had to consciously say, nope, girl, just hold on and let this man, because he went into his you know, pocket, whatever, pulled out his mm -hmm. wallet. So let me let this man be a man. And I did. And I was like proud of myself. But that's crazy because mm -hmm. that should have been like just second nature for me. Right? It should not have been something that I'm actually really thinking about and like pausing to let happen. It should just be natural. But right. yeah, not being a strong black woman. And I wonder if that if that is because as black women, we don't want to seem weak or we don't want to seem vulnerable um, because mm -hmm. of that. Like, I don't know, like I, when you just brought up 
brought up your example, I thought of a situation literally like last week, I was at an event and I was carrying a box to my car. And this guy came up to me and was just like, hey, I got it. I was like, no, I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. And he was like, no, like I got, and I was like, no, I'm fine. I got it. But I don't know what in me would not allow him to take that box to my car. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you know what? And I do have, you know, some response to that. But Ashley, I didn't know if you want to weigh in or. Oh, it's right, fine. Right. I'm just enjoying y'all's conversation. <laughs> Scroll. My kind of thoughts on that. I think it's, it's many um, things. I don't think it's any one. I think for different people, it's different. Um, it could be that people have let you down in the mm-hmm. past. And so you're not going to give a person that opportunity. And an example of that would be like, I'll, if I invite a number of people to something and they don't show up, I'm not going to jump to invite them to the next thing. Yeah. Now, they may have valid reasons for not showing up, right? But for me, I'm like, well, y'all let me down that time. So I'm not going to even put myself out there this next time. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one thing. I also think that we were raised as black girls to be strong. Like, you know, my dad died when I was 12. So my mom raised my sister and I, you know, for most, you know, majority of growing up. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. used to not having that male person in the house and my mom doing it all. So that's what mm-hmm. I saw. That's, you know, and that's what I emulated. Right. Um, and so that just became my life as well. Just used to doing it on my own. So I have a question. So um, you can answer or you can let um, Victoria answer because you kind of answered it for the most part. But what age were you? So I understand you realized that, you know, you started being strong around 12 when you had to. But what age did you realize that that was basically a characteristic of black women? Um. You know what? So just going through like the early 20s, whatever, it was just, you know, just being and doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be maybe the last 10, 15 years, just mm-hmm. being aware of, right? Just just fully being aware of it. But I would say like, you know, since 2020, rebuking it. Like, mm-mm, I'm not trying, <laughs> trying to be there anymore. Like, why do we have to? Because people overlook us, right? When you think about like Serena Williams and what she went through, when she said, my body, I know what's happening with my body, but people mm-hmm. were dismissive towards her. And then mm-hmm. I even thought about situations where, you know what, that happened to me and I didn't even realize it, you know, and, and it does happen, but we're so used to the treatment. Again, people also perceiving us as strong. So they're like, oh, well, you don't need this. You're good. Right. You know, I don't need to help you. You know what I'm saying? Um, nope. You don't need this medication or this extra time or whatever the situation mm-hmm. is. You don't need it because you're strong, mm-hmm. you know, and then we perpetuate that because Victoria, she ain't letting a brother man carry a box. <laughs> so now that's how he may or may not ask the next person. Right. Help them out. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I want to put a stop in the end to all of that. Help me out. You know, mm-hmm. it, it takes practice because again on Sunday, <laughs> and I'm thinking about this, I'm on the plane. My luggage was, you know, overhead. So I said, I'm going to ask this guy in front of me to grab my luggage. I really thought about this. And I was even thinking, well, what if he, you know, didn't like, nah, and he did. And I was again, proud of myself, but that's crazy for me yeah. to have that thought mm-hmm. to that. 
think for me, it was uh, it was probably around the age of 18 and like having conversations with my mother about dating and about marriage and something so small. I remember my mother saying that um, if you're married, you need to have your own. You mm-hmm. need to have your own savings account. You need to have your own checking account separate from your husband because you don't know what's going to happen. And I think even with that mindset, it's just like, I got to make sure that I'm doing this and this and this and this, and there's no true partnership when it comes to that. And I was like, and I was like, well, mom, well, doesn't that like, doesn't that mean that you're kind of like preparing for, you know, the end of them? And she's like, no, we got We got to make sure we had our stuff together. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and that was at, at, at the age of 18. And my mother was, um, have been married to my dad for a very long time, but, and I would assume maybe like she probably got that type of um, thinking from her mother. My my grandmother was a single mom raising four kids. And so it's like, if any man comes into your life, it's like, great, but you know, I'm, I'm doing me. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I would say 18 for sure for me. So y'all mentioned something earlier and, um, Right around the George Floyd and all of the um, the aftermath of that and the realizing that, you know, you got to take some time for yourself. I started noticing not only are people talking about self-care a lot, but one word that I keep hearing is resilient, 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 resilient. Um, how do y'all feel about the thought of being resilient kind of taking the place of being, to me, being a superwoman or being strong in all facets i think i i can definitely i can take that word honestly mm-hmm. because i think that when you show resilience it's it's a it's a a fail forward like mm-hmm. there's a situation where you may not have been triumphant but you learn from it and you're back on the grind and mm-hmm. i don't think that necessarily cuz i think that oftentimes we don't want to fail or we don't want people to see the failure. And I struggle with that um, at the age, I'm I'm 38. I struggle with failing in front of people. Mm -hmm. I struggle with having to say that, yeah, I did this wrong and I should have done this, done it this way. Um, Because I feel like as a black woman, um, oftentimes that, you know, we are seen as emotional. <laughs> We're seen as as dramatic, and and I'm like, I gotta put on this face in this front that I have all of this together. And so if I fail in front of people, then it's just like the stigma that a woman couldn't do it, mm-hmm. or a black woman couldn't do it. And so I struggle with that. But I feel like I take that word resilient, meaning that like if I failed, I got back up and I tried again. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. And listening to you, um, I understand that perspective. I also, actually, when you first asked the question, to me, it was pretty much the same as a strong Black woman. It was the same. I think the difference would be is that there's so much negativity that has been placed around strong Black woman, right? Angry Black woman, small mm-hmm. people in the same camp. Um, and so the resiliency really is a byproduct of being strong, mm-hmm. or that is part of being strong, right? It's, it's, it's really all of that. And we've been all of that forever. Um, but again, in 2020, we had a awakening to say, wait a minute, 
I am a strong. I am resilient. I am a high achiever, overproducer, all of those things, high performer. But you ain't trying to check for me. Mm -mm. And so we said, you know what? Okay, I got this. I'm out. Right? Like, if you're not going to give me what I'm worth, then I'm out. And that's what was happening as well. It's like, you know, and it wasn't, and, and it was a strength to be able to walk away from a place that you may have spent years at. Cause I've seen that people were leaving places, companies they've been at 10, 15, 20 years. And, it, and they were like people who were like getting it done because they woke up and said, hold up. Okay. So you're not cool. They are over here and I'm gone. I'm out or I'm going to start and do my own. If I'm going to grind, I'm going to grind for myself. Absolutely. Um, I did also want to pick up on something I heard um, earlier um, when Victoria, you were talking about your, your situation with the boxes and you mentioned vulnerability. Do you think that, that you allow yourself to be vulnerable more now that you have stepped away from being a superwoman or was that something that you had to learn and how did you, how do you stop? Um, I think I still have, I'm still learning that, um, to be honest. And, and, um, when, so, um, Janine, I'm, I'm president of a, of a, a black young professional organization and, and oftentimes, um, it's me being vulnerable in those, in those spaces is me, um, trying my best to not, um, take on everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, because you want to make sure that everything goes well, but then of course you have to make the time for you. And I'll, and I'll give you an example of, there was a moment where I just felt so beaten up, so just down. And, and I remember um, a friend of mine was just like, do you need to take some time off? And I was like, no, I can't. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't take the time, if I take this time off, this won't happen and this won't happen and this won't happen and this won't happen. And it got to a point where literally, and I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I just remember that it was just like, God was just like, you're going to have to sit down. And it's, <laughs> it took for me to be crying in a moment that I literally have to call my friend and say, Hey, look, um, I may need that time. I'm going to take this week off. And I had never done that um, throughout the course of the time that I had been on the within this organization and a part of the leadership, I had never taken time off. Um, but I said, I need to take a week off. And I literally gave a list of action items and I disconnected from the computer. I disconnected from the text messages so that I could truly reset my mind. Um, but it took, a, it took for me to be vulnerable in that moment to say, I need help. Yeah. Like, I can't, I, I really need the time off. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm still working on that. I'm still learning to say that I need help and not be ashamed to say that I need help. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It takes practice because what I shared as far as Sunday, that was me being vulnerable. That was me being vulnerable to allow somebody to help me in both situations. Because again, I could have done it. Like I said, with the key card, something that simple, like I didn't have it initially, but I did get to it before he did. But, you know, I had to be like, nope, just hold on. You know, this man, is he's going through these steps just to help you. And it sounds, I'm sure it sounds simple to 
those that are like watching, listening. Um, but it's st- but that's just an example of strong black women. Something mm-hmm. so simple that we're like, we got this, you know what I'm saying? And when somebody is trying to help us, mm-hmm. you know, we have to really practice allowing them to help us. So no, I, I'm with you on that vulnerability. Definitely, mm-hmm. it, it takes practice because we're just so used to being and doing. We're so used to and, and the things that we were taught and learned and instilled in us and that we see, right? All of this is perpetuated in anything that we're seeing on TV, social media, you know, all of that is just the whole strong black woman. And like I said, when I posted today, you know, a couple of women, they were like, yeah, you know, and the way they, and I'm perceiving it this way, but the way they were like, I'm a strong black woman, you know, with a badge of honor. And it's great. And take care of you. Yeah. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. So when you, when either of you kind of made that transition from, okay, I'm not going to be strong all the time. I'm going to allow myself some some leeway. Um, I I know both of you mentioned self-care. What are some of the things that you do um, as a part of your self-care routine? What are some of your I I'm learning to, uh, to meditate, uh, to kind of clear my mind of the, the noise. Um, I'm also, I'm also taking those, the time to like, it's so funny that like the smallest things that I can remember my mom doing when she was, um, when I was younger, like getting her hair done, it just, it just helps you feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. Me getting my hair done, getting my nails done, getting a pedicure is all self-care to me because it just, it helps you feel good about you. And then, Mm -hmm. like I said, me meditating, me taking those quiet times, prayer, um, it, it has, it's helping me to, to reset my mind every time. And the Mm -hmm. times that where I feel like just the weight of the world is on me, I will take a moment and I literally have like, I have the Bible app. And so I have a setting on the app where it just is a reminder to pray. Yeah. And oftentimes it's funny that the, sometimes it could, I can be in a moment where I'm just, just, and then it'll be a reminder, pray right now. And I'm like, oh, right. Let me pray about it. And oftentimes it's like me praying. It's just really me talking it out and talking about what I'm going through and what my, my problem is, what the, what the grievance is, and then just kind of sitting with it and figuring out how I can work through that. No, that's great. And so for me, I'm in a situation to whereas I'm in control of my life. Um, I live a dream lifestyle. I've been living a dream lifestyle. I made the decision to do so in January. And so, you know, that required me thinking about, well, what is a dream lifestyle for me? And a major component is travel. So I travel whenever. Yeah, I travel whenever, wherever, right? And it's not even that I'm going to exotic locations, but if I want to hop on a plane and go to Chicago to go to the museum and come back, I'll do that. And so that's what I mean by, yeah, by living the dream. I may want to come meet y'all, you know, let's meet up for lunch. You know, let's go to the breakfast club, you know, and I can do that because I've set my life up to be that way. Shout out out to the breakfast club. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right. And again, the art behind me, that's, you know, the artist, she has her stuff there often. But um, so for me, it's more so that when I am travel, I disconnect from social media. So I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, when I'm traveling, I'm not on any social media platform. I'm not active. I'm being present. So I'm working to be more present when I'm at an event 
or when I'm traveling, right? Because that is a form of self-care because so often we're like head down in the phone. Let me tweet me. Let me speak for me. You know, ooh, let me take this picture and let me post it right now. You know, you're not alone. You're not alone. Well, you're not, not alone. alone. You're not alone. It's the next thing because I'm too busy trying to come up with a cute little caption or whatever as mm-hmm. opposed to being in the moment. So now after the fact, I'll put together a reel, you know, and go on IG and share it and whatnot. But it's after because I want to be in the moment. So for me, a lot of that self-care is changing some behaviors. And another thing that I'll say, you know, could we can perceive it as self-care is I'm practicing body positivity. Hmm. So, you know, y'all may have seen some memes that were like, okay, you know, this is the body you're going to get, right? And it might might have been a picture of a little pudgy girl, right? In a bathing mm-hmm. suit. And, you know, grown women were like, well, hey, this is the summer body you're getting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I'm at. I'm like, this is the body I have. And this is, I'm going to love it, all aspects of it, and do the work to be healthier. Mm-hmm. So whatever healthier may be and look like, that's like my prayer. That's what I wake up and go to sleep saying, you know, to myself, part of attracting the manifesting is for me to have that body positivity, right? So no, I'm not, you know, slim. I'm not. What I, you know, that body that I had several years ago, you know, and even, you know, when I was maybe 20 pounds lighter and thought I was heavy. You know what I'm mm-hmm. like, I was like, let me be, let me be the way right? that I thought when I was heavy. Yeah, so you know what? I'm done with that. Like I'm rebuking all of that and saying, this is the body that I have. Yeah. So I'm going to wear what I want to wear with this body. And, you know, the little midsection is a little extra, but it is what it is because it's me. And somebody had posted something today. Look at me talking about social media. But somebody was posted today and it was, um, I forget what the caption was around it, but it was a woman stretch marks. Her stomach were stretch marks. And it was something positive about that. About that. And I'm, my response was, you know, I'm her. Like my body, my, you know, is a reminder that I carry life. Yeah. Right. So it's your perspective, how you look at things, all of that. I mean, this this is it. And so I was on a I was on Cabo a couple of weeks ago with my two piece on. Now, I don't have your traditional two piece body. But again or and again, this is my body. I love my body and I'm wearing this two piece. And so I wore, you know, took pictures. I'm not even included in, in my reel um, because this is who I am. So I'm not going to hide that. I'm not going to hide behind, put on those big shirts, you know, put a big purse or whatever in front. This is me. I own me. I love me. And I'm going to do the work to be healthier. Mm-hmm. I like I like that you said that uh, body positivity can mm-hmm. definitely be self-care. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I have been noticing on social media and, you know, people's um, Instagrams and TikToks where they're basically celebrating their body stretch marks, yeah. um, <laughs> weight and all. And I, and me personally, I was just like, I guess because I grew up like, um, that's something that needs to be hidden. Um, <laughs> but then it's like, like you said, this is just proof that I brought life into this world. And you have women who just have, you know, have a slim body, but, you know, they they have the stretch marks on their stomach because, you know, because they were pregnant. But the thing is, does that make them less beautiful? And then I think the fact that they can sit there and put that out there, 
because they love their bodies. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I love that. I love that. I love mm-hmm. body positivity. It's also, yeah. I like and that. I'm going to tell y'all, and this is y'all, one of y'all, y'all homegirls, if I'm not mistaken, but Lizzo. Okay. Lizzo has um, big girls or something on Prime. Mm-hmm. Watch it. Because these are big girls and they know they're big girls. We know they're big girls. And the what she's spoken to them, what she provided them, like she made them feel beautiful. She made them like own it. And those girls, like she said, you got to be able to dance, move 90 minutes when you're working with me. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm not nowhere near the sizes of those girls, but guess what? I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So my thing is people will talk about, oh, she's big. And <laughs> she can do, they can do a whole bunch more than us, you know, people who are not that size. So it's not even about that. It's about your mindset, about you loving and owning you. So I love Lizzo for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about, um, you know, vulnerability, um, being so strong, being super. Do you think that the people who are still standing in their strong Black womanness, do you think that it's possible to manage mental health and be super? You know what I'm going to say? Yes, absolutely. Because you, you know, because so we have a, a broad general um, definition of a strong Black woman. But then just like I'm saying I'm owning, like I'm like, I'm not being that anymore. Or I'm saying I'm owning the body positivity. You can do that with a strong Black woman as well, right? Mm-hmm. We can get away from the negative that we, others may have attached to that and own it. So those women who said, I am strong, you know, what does strength mean to them, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know their story as to why that is so important for them to say, I am this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know the areas that they grew up in where strength, they may have needed strength to survive, mm-hmm. right? So it's not that it's bad, I guess, for me, how I've been a strong black woman, I choose not to be that anymore. So for mm-hmm. me, it's, you know, I, you know, it was about, I got it. I'm doing it all on my own. That's what my strong black woman looked like. I don't want that strong black woman anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, no, I do agree. You can still be successful and great. All depends on what strong black woman means to you and how you're living with that strong black woman. So if you're just taking on everything and, like constantly put more and more on your plate. You're constantly stressed out, so on and so forth. No, you're not doing it. You know, you, you need to do some other things. You need to, you know, take a break. You need to find somebody else. And not, like with me, so I retired in June. And I, in June, I'm like, this whole summer, I don't want to think. Don't ask me nothing. <laughs> I don't want to think. And that's how my summer pretty much was. I do not want to think. So then in September, I'm like, let me get back into my podcast and whatever. So now I want to kind of think a little bit. And this past weekend, I was saying to somebody, like, everything, like, I just wanted to go easy. So I said about how I have my life structured and whatnot. I just want things to go with the flow. Well, now I know that for me to take things to the next level, I am going to need to put that energy in and or get help. So now I'm in the process of let me figure out what I need a virtual assistant to do for me and then to hire one. Mm-hmm. So I recognize, Victoria, you know, like you were talking, I recognize that I'm not going to do it all. Right. I don't choose. I don't choose to do it all. So I want that help. Right. Because I don't want to do it all. I don't want to think and do every aspect of things 
Um, so let me go ahead and get that help, build that team, and that's where I'm at. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another hundred meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. I think from a mental health standpoint, I um, I I champion for women who acknowledge when they notice that something's not right, mm-hmm. and for them, because I feel like that's a true superpower to be able to say that, to be able to advocate for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes to mental health, which is like a a huge thing now, and you think that you know. Um, I can remember when I had decided to go to a therapist, right? And my mother told me that, um, I don't know why you're doing that. You know, you just need to pray. Mm-hmm. And you just need to, as if as if me talking to someone was a weakness mm-hmm. or I wasn't as strong because I was talking to someone. And, and, and when I had another conversation with her later on, so this is something I actually shared with a couple of people who were on my team that um, um, that I feel comfortable sharing now that at some point within my term as president, um, I could not get out of bed. Mm. I, it was it was a challenge to get up in the morning. I was working from home. Uh, so I was I was remote and it was a, it was 
hard for me to just do day-to-day tasks. Mm -hmm. And I realized that something was not right. And I remember um, uh, talking to someone, talking to a a professional, a mental mental health professional, and they had suggested uh, antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And it put me in a bad headspace because I was just like, what does that mean? Um, but then once I got out of that mindset, I had a conversation with um, um, uh, someone that I knew that told me that that just made me feel better about the decision to take them. Um, she told me that um, it had changed her for the better. And once you get out of this um, this the, these this negative connotation of what it means to be on this this spectrum when it comes to mental health. You, when you get out of that, you understand what the medicine is for. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe, like I said, I truly believe that the superpower is understanding when something is wrong, advocating for yourself and being able to say that I need to fix this. Mm-hmm. And I I have been on them um, and I'm seeing a, a change. And there were times where I did not want to be on them because I felt that there was a stigma behind that. But once I got out of that, it was like, okay, let me just take this time to really focus on me regardless of what anybody would ever say about it and try to be mentally whole for myself, not for anybody else or not what anybody else would think, but for Victoria. No, good. Congratulations to you and and kudos for that. And I do love that you said, you know, anyone who makes the decision to take care of themselves, you know, that's the superpower because you're absolutely, you know, absolutely right. A lot of people don't. Right. That's why we have so many broken people, um, because we're not taking care of ourselves. We're not going and getting what we need, the help that we need. So, you know, good good for you. Thanks. I absolutely agree. And I think you're doing a great job, Ms. President. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that one of the it's, it's either one or the other. We're having all of the stereotypes being thrown at black women or where we're actually living in that truth we are being strong we are a little emotional or i like to say uh passionate <laughs> about about our business and about our things um do you feel like you have what it you have what you need in order to um to be vulnerable to be passionate to be strong to advocate for yourself or do you feel like that's something that you learned as you as you're taking this journey, I, I for one will say that I have an amazing support system, and there were people in my life that once I kind of, you know, revealed a part of the, a part of that journey about myself, they let me in and let me know that that was something that they had dealt with, and and it just it makes you feel better to know that you have someone who can say that hey, I was in this position, I know what it you know, how you feel. I know like the path that you're on. I know it may seem scary. I know that you, you know, I mean, we could talk about it we could discuss it. Um, and I'll, I'll, a kudos to one of my, uh, one of my friends, um, who had a, um, uh, she has she celebrated her birthday with you know some of her closest girlfriends that had like a little summer party, which I thought was really cute. Um, but she was very intentional about making sure that we had a a girls talk, but it wasn't the conventional girls talk. It was the girls talk with a licensed 
therapist. And mm-hmm. I thought I was like, this is different. Mm-hmm. But you would I was just amazed at just the out that the the different outlooks of what it of what it means to be strong and like and how some women as women we just feel that we have to like like we've said before take on a lot mm-hmm. and and some of the the things that we need to in order to do to to make sure that we're not in those spaces and how we can lean on each other um and not be afraid to say hey I need help yeah. um but I feel like I have like a a great a great supportive space uh friends and family who support me um they're willing to, um, and I'll say this, um, I've had a friend of mine who said to me like, Hey, when I, if I come to him and talk to him about something, he'll ask like, Hey, is, do you, are you calling to vent or are you doing my advice? Yeah. Mm. And I, I love him for that because it gives me that space to be say, to say, I just want to vent. Like, I don't really want the advice from you. I just want to be able to kind of say what I want to say and then just breathe. And then that, like I said, I love friendships like that, where you can actually say, like, I I know family members that'll be like, well, girl, you should have did this. And you should, like, I just really just wanted to talk about it. Uh, so I love, like I said, I love the supportive space that I have. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and, and I've done that myself to other people like, okay, because I'm going to automatically go into, okay, here's the res- you know, the solution for it. Right. right. Um, so with some people, I'm like, oh, what is this all about? Right. Are you venting? Do you want, you know, do you want me to be me? What What are you looking for here? What you call me for? So no, I really get that. I am have been like a solo person for so long. And, you know, so that the with the whole strong, just doing by myself, doing, doing, doing by myself. And so I mentioned that I was in Cabo. And so I was with a um, friend. And I, because again, I'm used to traveling by myself, I automatically turn the lock. Whenever I go into the hotel room, I'm turning a lock. So I had locked her out. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently she had been knocking on the door, trying to get in for the longest time. And then I eventually heard her and got up to let her in. And someone the next day was like, well, you know, you can't do that when you have a roommate. And I said, well, you know, um, it was a, it was an accident. Like I didn't intentionally lock her out. I was just doing what I'm used to doing. But Mm -hmm. again, because I'm solo. So, you know, so the point around that is when we are so used to doing it all on our own, we exclude people. We don't include people. We don't let them in. We just move through life. Like I'm carrying those boxes myself because I always carry boxes by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to lock this door because I always lock this door. So we do things and we kind of exclude people. Right. So that's another reason why I'm like, I don't want to be that strong, you know, black woman anymore. I don't want to be that one who's taking it all on, who's, you know, doing it all. So for me, it's about practicing. It's really being intentional to let people in. And that's, you know, what it's about letting people in to be able to say, okay, yes, hey, you know, can you help me with this? Or to go ahead and even though, you know, Susie didn't come to, you know, the event that I invited her to, invite her to the next one. It might have just been bad timing, right? Like don't add anything to situations. Don't put anything on it. Just go ahead. If you want that person at this thing, then invite them. And don't put those attachments around it. Just invite them and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. 
I'm learning because Susan never get another invite from me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get her another invite. Victoria, you're not going to invite Susan either. <laughs> I, mm. it, we're, we're recovering. It's a work in progress. Yeah, you're right. It's a work in progress. Susie might not get an invite from me either. And let me just say, Susie is just a made up name because I do mm-hmm. have a cousin named Susie and I'm not talking about her. <laughs> like Susie, real Susie, we will invite you. Thanks, Susie. Might not get another invite. Right, right. Um, one one question that I did want to ask, as far as being strong and being vulnerable, um, what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself that would have helped you mentally, help your mental health in regards to your strength or being that strong black woman? I would say lean on people, like lean on people. I'm at it. Like I've been solo for so long. Now I'm one in that community. Now I'm one in that sisterhood. And so now I have to work towards it as opposed to I could have already had it. You know, there was, I was like, you know, a group person for a long time. I don't know what exactly happened, but something happened. I think it was after somebody's death and it wasn't, it was a friend, um, not even necessarily a close friend, but I think at that moment, it just changed things for me. Maybe that just, you know, like whole, you know, previous deaths, family deaths, maybe all, it just all hit me. And so then I changed and I was more so from that point on, I was kind of like solo. Like if I interacted, I might've only interacted with one or two other people because it was just more comfortable that way to manage that as opposed to multiple people. Now I'm at the place where I want that sisterhood. I want to be around you know, more women, when I'm looking at, um, you, you know, different situations, women who are part of groups and sororities, et cetera, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I love that. You know, I I would love that for myself. And I'm having to work towards having that, as opposed to had I just learned earlier, or, you know, been had a different experience earlier, it would already be something that I have. Um, I, I, it's always loaded when you want to like tell your old, your younger self something, right? Uh, I think if I had to kind of go back in time and uh, tell my younger self to, in order to, you know, for better mental health, um, it's just to give myself grace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that once again, because you don't, there is, you don't want to fail in front of other people. Um, it's, it's, it's just a part of, it's a part of life. It's a part of uh, what's, it's, it's just a part of life and you're going to fail. But what comes after that, of course, is how you travail and how you, um, how you become resilient. And um, I think, yeah, giving myself, allow yourself grace. And then also uh, when, <laughs> When people show you who they are, <laughs> believe them the first time. Oh, Lord, I tell you, that would have saved me so much heartache in college, in my 20s, if I just, Victoria, pay attention to the signs. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the signs. Not the potential, but the signs, the actions. Whew. Okay, that's that's probably another conversation. <laughs> sure. But yeah, give yourself grace and then believe people for who they are um, when they're in your life, for sure. Absolutely. I think this has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed 
listening to y'all talking. Um, y'all, I'm glad that you guys, you ladies did have um, good conversation with each other and were able to speak to the topic. I do want to ask um, before we leave, is there anything going on that you um, want to invite the guests to? Um, do you have anything coming up or anything that you want to call out? Well, um, like I mentioned, president of an organization, so the Houston Area Urban League Young Professionals. So uh, we have a voter canvassing coming up in the third ward area of Houston um, because we know that everyone's vote matters. And this is a very crucial, crucial election, especially in the state of Texas. Um, and so we're trying to make sure that we are galvanizing registered voters to get out and vote. So if you are able to attend on November 5th, come out and, and, and canvas with us in that area. And our website is www www.haulyp.org backslash events. And you can register for that event. Awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, good luck with all of that, because you're absolutely right. It's a very pivotal time. Yes. Um, and we definitely need, you know, as much help in Texas uh, and other states as well. I just heard yesterday something about um, not being able to teach about Martin Luther King in the schools in Texas going forward. And I was like, what? <laughs> not, you know, not being able to teach about Native Americans. So. That's that's a that's a whole of like yeah. I don't, yeah yeah we we we're not yeah so yes get out and vote so for me you know I mentioned earlier about a podcast and and I'll just share quickly that was another another vulnerable moment for me I didn't even know that that's what it was so in 2020 I had um, I was wanted to launch a podcast and I was hesitating. And my coach said, hey, you know, you and I can say the same thing to the same audience, um, but it would only resonate coming from you. And then after, you know, speaking with him, I was reading Brene Brown's book, Darren Greatly, and the first chapter was about vulnerability. And I'm like, oh, that's what it is. I had a fear of being vulnerable, so that kept me from launching my podcast. And once I recognized what it was, um, I owned it, I Nike'd it, and I've launched it. So it's been two plus years um, that I have been a creator and host of an intimate conversation with women of color. And so my podcast is on Friday's episodes at midnight, um, and it's about elevating the voices of women of color. So I welcome you know you all to listen to that. And if you're interested in lending your voice and sharing your voice, would love to have you on. And also, um, I started the Dean Consult. So I took you know, the five, six years of working in diversity and inclusion and talent development. And I leveraged that and I started my own business. And so my business is around consulting, coaching and speaking. And again, like I said, I live a dream lifestyle. So part of the coaching is to empower women of color to live a dream lifestyle now. Like don't wait until you are retirement age. I'm not retirement age. Um, so don't wait until you're that traditional retirement age to retire. And then now you want to start living. No, start doing that now. You don't have to leave your job, but just start doing more of what gives you joy. Start choosing yourself more. Start owning the strong black woman. So whether you're like us who were saying we don't want to be that anymore. I, you know, after this conversation, I'm OK with being the strong black woman, but redefining it. So right. being a strong black woman who says I'm going to go and get the help that I need. I'm going to ask that gentleman to help me with my bag if that's what, 
you know, so I'm reclaiming it. I'm reframing it, pivoting it. And that's what I'm going to do with a strong black woman. But yes, yeah, so that's pretty much what I have going on right now. Awesome. Thank you so much for um, sharing that. If you um, if you could get us the links to the um, to your consultant, I think I have the link for your um, for your podcast. So we could share that out to our yeah. um, to <laughs> Absolutely. So, so DeneeNoGarrett.com will get you to my podcast. It would also, also get you to consulting. Um, but DeneeConsults.com is the direct link for the consulting business. Awesome. Okay. Come on, Black Queen. Come on, Black Queen. Oh, right? I'm trying to live that life. So I'm, I might have to hit that consultant. Um, yes, right. Come on. Yeah. Now, catch me, ladies, because, you know, like I said, you know, my schedule. <laughs> My office hours are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, this has been a great conversation. I thank y'all so much for for providing such a great conversation. I thank you viewers thank you for, for watching. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. And if you haven't, please hit that subscribe button below and turn on your post notifications. So that whenever Cheese on My Cracker is posting a new show, whether it's the Getting My Cheese Back on My Cracker, the Wellness Collective, or the State of the Black Men's Mental Health, you'll be able, you'll be sure to get notifications whenever we have a new show coming out. Thank y'all and peace. Thank you. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. Hey, parents, Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.